Hey, Monster listeners, this is Matt Frederick, producer for Tenderfoot TV and iHeartRadio's Monster Series. I want to tell you about a new true crime podcast from Tenderfoot TV called Dead and Gone. It takes a deep investigative dive into the mysterious disappearances and murders of self-proclaimed deadheads, the cult-like following of iconic rock band The Grateful Dead. Over several decades, numerous deadheads have been murdered or died mysteriously. Some are even killed at concerts. Others simply vanished, never to be seen again. Dead and Gone is hosted by two veteran podcasters, Up and Vanished and Atlanta Monster host Payne Lindsay and Disgraceland host Jake Brennan. It blends music culture with crime in a way that hasn't been done before, exploring the darkness at the band's core and unraveling the mysteries surrounding the Grateful Dead fanbase. Dead and Gone is available now with new episodes every Thursday. Check out this clip, and while you listen, search Dead and Gone in your podcast app and subscribe. Well, I'm having trouble finding it right now. This host is throwing me off. I saw it not very long ago, and I know it's here. This is it. In Cesar Chavez Park on San Francisco Bay is a small memorial plaque buried in the grass, out of sight and apparently forgotten. In loving memory of Mary Regina Joya, 12-2062-1685, and uh, Gregory Allen Niffen. Uh, there were newspaper articles about the killings. What I read is that it happened around here. Someone, allegedly the guy that they arrested, killed him. It was a long time ago. It says, a secret memory. 35 years ago, Mary Joya and Greg Niffen were murdered here. A man named Ralph Thomas was convicted and sentenced to death. So why am I here? Well, it all started with this guy. Somebody had to do it. Somebody's going to invent penicillin. Somebody's going to invent the microwave. Eventually, somebody would have been the first cyber sleuth. It happened to be me. Hello? You do it. Guess right now. This is a week. My name is Payne Lindsay. This is Todd Matthews. He lives in a small town in northern Tennessee. He's a funny guy with a distinct southern accent, but there's also something very unique about Todd. He considers himself the world's first cyber sleuth. My route to this world was very strange. In October of 1987, three new girls walked into our lunchroom at school, and I was sitting by my best friend, and the one in the middle, I pointed at her, I said, that's the girl I'm going to marry. And literally, she sat down beside of me. We were telling ghost stories because it was Halloween. She told me about a body that her father had found in 1968. She was a Jane Doe in Scott County, Kentucky. The Jane Doe was known as the tent girl because she was wrapped in a canvas tent wrapper. 
I had just turned 18, and by the time she turned 17, so within nine months, we were married. I didn't go to college like I planned. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I wanted to work on that Jane Doe case. Just something about Tent Girl seemed so familiar. I felt like I knew that case. There was no Google, so you couldn't Google. You certainly can't Google a filing cabinet. It was driving to Georgetown, Lexington, Kentucky, getting newspaper articles, talking to people that might have known something about it, and I built a website for her. Everything that I knew, just clips, photographs, everything. And I thought, I'll put this out there, and then somebody will come to me and tell me that was my mom, sister, aunt, something. I was looking for somebody that had mother, sister, daughter, anything. And in 1997, I found somebody. It was a decades-long mystery that gripped a small Georgetown community. A woman found dead and wrapped in a tent off US 25 in 1968. She was known as Tent Girl until the late 1990s when her true identity was discovered. I found a woman that was looking for her sister last known to be alive in Lexington, Kentucky in 1967. I knew it was her. I remember the words of the medical examiner's office. Tent Curl is indeed Barbara Taylor. That's when I started getting the phone calls. Todd had made a name for himself, having solved a decades-old murder case by using the internet. At the time, this concept was unheard of, and it got the attention of law enforcement agencies from around the world. They wanted him to help solve their cases. That's when Todd had a revolutionary idea. The internet must be good more than just looking at commercials. It's gotta be usable, it's a way to communicate with people. Department of Justice in 2007 wanted to create a NamUs program. The National Database, the National System for Missing and Unidentified Persons. And like that, Todd's career as a full-time sleuth took off. Todd Matthews has seen thousands of missing persons cases. He's the spokesperson for NamUs, the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System. It's a government organization that aims to streamline missing persons cases for investigators. Since Tent Girl, Todd Matthews has had his hands in countless cases. NamUs alone has helped solve over 12,000 missing persons cases. Whatever it is, Todd definitely has something. A good intuition, an eye for things, who knows. But the impact he's had on unsolved cases is very real. Over the years, Todd's learned the importance of collecting data in order to solve these crimes. Tracking trends and recognizing patterns. And recently, Todd's taken notice of a new pattern of cases, which is why I'm here. Now, what if there was just one? One case, would anybody even think about it? Mm, I'm not sure if anybody would really see it enough for it to be featured in a magazine. You know, when you start clustering things together a little bit, it's easier to see. He's established a set of unsolved cases, all with one thing in common. The band The Grateful Dead. Grateful Dead, could you come up with a better name? The Grateful Dead cases? Maybe they were going to a concert, had a ticket stub in their pocket, had a concert shirt on. It was a commonality. That's something that you can grab a hold of. That commonality, it got your attention, didn't it? Yeah. 
All right, that's the idea. There was an event that brought people together. Those concerts brought people together to a certain place and certain time. Am I a conspiracy theory and that something mysteriously No. But they had that commonality. There's not a serial killer, most likely, that's done something to all of these people. We know the Grateful Dead themselves had nothing to do with this. It was something that made them have some connection to each other, whether they were even connected or not. And that's something. Anything that you can take to recompose the decomposed, Grateful Dead did that. So it's not some big conspiracy, and it's probably not a serial killer. At least he doesn't think so. But what Todd's found in his lifetime as a cyber sleuth is the importance of a commonality, even if only to get your attention. Anybody looking for anything to do the Great Blood is going to run into those cases. That might be the exact people that need to see those cases. The conversation's not going to hurt anything. It's only going to make the concept bigger, easier to see, and unforgettable. Almost every case is just bizarre in nature. Strange circumstances. Bridget Lee Pendle was last seen on January 12, 1996, in Wichita, Kansas. She was 23 years old and following the Grateful Dead on tour when she vanished. Douglas Simmons was last seen at a Grateful Dead concert on July 10, 1990, in Raleigh, North Carolina. Mitchell Fred Weiser and his girlfriend, Bonita Biquit, went missing on July 27, 1973, hitchhiking for a Grateful Dead concert. Jennifer Wilmer, a Grateful Dead follower, was last seen in California on September 13, 1993, while hitchhiking. Jeremy Ted Alex followed the Grateful Dead for years, and he vanished on April 24, 2004, from Northport, Maine. On July 20, 1995, a man was found on the side of the highway of a Grateful Dead concert in Atlanta. To this day, his identity is unknown. On March 29, 2008, a fisherman discovered a woman's remains underneath a box spring in Sacramento, California. She was wearing a Grateful Dead jacket. Her cause of death and identity remain unknown. On October 26, 1991, a woman was found murdered in the woods of Warren County, New Jersey. The only clue as to her identity was a large tattoo of a tiger on her left leg. Later, it was discovered that the tattoo was the same tiger design on Jerry Garcia's guitar. Her identity remains unknown. The majority of these cases have been unsolved now for decades. Todd's hope is that by clustering these cases together, he can bring more awareness to them. <laughs> 